Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Excuse me, Mr. Announcer, sir. Uh, I don't identify as male. Uh, today, I identify as an elephant. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Uh, sir, we do not identify by weight. That is prejudicial. <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. This week, we've got guys falling off of cages, a Kevin Owens going to heaven, <gasps> Neville leaving the WWE, possibly oh Jimmy Jacobs as well, and just other craziness. And here to shift through, sift, wow. Shit, through, sift through the shit? Yeah, sift through the shit. <laughs> and the craziness is, of course, me, Joe Sheehan, your New Jersey kid, along with my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Uh, well, you know what? If there's anybody who knows how to sift through shit, it's somebody from New Jersey. hey yo! I hate you. <laughs> uh, you know what, Joe? I have something really exciting for you. What is that? Uh, so we, we sometimes run through the bullet points of what we kind of want to talk about ahead of time. Uh, just yeah. to give ourselves a little bit of an order. But I didn't tell you uh, my biggest surprise <gasps> for you. I have the solution to the Jinder Mahal problem. I don't believe you. They already gave out the Nobel Prizes for this year. You can't do this type of work at this point. No, 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 Joe. You don't understand. I have the solution to the Jinder Mahal problem. Are well, hit me with it. All right. After the absolute fucking debacle of uh, the WWE Championship match at uh, Hell in a Cell, which was fucking shit. One of the worst um, matches on the show. Yeah, to, to give a quick uh, opinion on the show, and we'll get into the show more in depth, but uh, that show started amazing, ended really fucking well, and had a lot of sh- shit in the middle. Some good stuff yeah. in the middle, but a lot of shit in the middle. And uh, yeah, the yeah, WWE yeah. title match between Jinder Mahal and Nakamura was fucking awful. Uh, the bottom of that shit. Like, just really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just fought up, straight up just crapped on Nakamura, fed him to Mahal, which is ridiculous. The uh, theme of this week is shit. I'm not going to fully say that because there's a lot of good shit this week. Um, <laughs> but see, it's still shit. Well, because no, shit, is, shit is just yeah. a, a word, you know. I know, it's a word. but it, it's funny. <laughs> but now he's going to have to need, he's going to have to have a new opponent. Yes. And I'm going to pitch to you the perfect opponent to dethrone Nakamura. And you could do oh. this at either WrestleMania or Royal Rumble. I'd say let's just fucking do Royal Rumble so we can get it out of the way sooner. Because I think we have a better booking path to get there. And it would start at Survivor Series with a six-man tag team match. Okay, so Mahal and his Singh brothers versus... Mahal and Singh brothers versus... The New Day. Oh! The New Day defeat Mahal and the Singh brothers. And this feud goes and eventually culminates at perhaps the Royal Rumble. Where then Big E is going to be the man to defeat Jinder Mahal 
and become the WWE champion. Ba-bang! That'll be quite the challenge for New Day. I don't think so. I think this is going to be cake for New Day. Really? Dude, I mean... I think they could go hog wild with this shit. I think this is going to be amazing. My faith does not... Like, I'm not questioning New Day. I know that they're great at everything they do. But Mahal is such a downer in terms of heat and things like that. It, it You have to admit it, it would be a challenge. I think I think what they can do is because they're so good at uh, mocking people and deriding them and making them look like fools that they can finally make Mahal look be interesting because they can make Mahal look like an idiot. Because everybody else that they've had him go against, like Randy Orton and Mahal both can't really talk. So they're not going to be able to make him look like an idiot. They're just going to say that it's like, oh, well, I'm going to beat you. Mm-hmm. And Mahal was doing all the talking in their feuds. But with New Day, New Day can just go out and talk for the whole time, and then Mahal can be like, well, I'm, I'm the mother de Maharaja. And then they could just talk circles around and make him look like a jackass, and everybody will laugh at him. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh, good. We're making the heel look like an idiot. Because then, so here's here's my other way that you could maybe do something. Like, if you really still want to do something with Mahal, here be my pitch. Because if he loses the WWE title at Royal Rumble, then I would say you either have him turn on the Sings and then do, like, a match against them, or you could have a thing where, like, the Sings turn on him and try and turn him babyface somehow, and then do, like, a handicap match at WrestleMania, where, like, you know, very, very undercard match, but then, like, you know, have Mahal defeat the Sing brothers in, like, a handicap match or something. Maybe like, they turn on s- him of, like, you, you're not the champion anymore, so we don't want to serve you, you're worthless sort of thing. I, I kind of want to see them beat him. Or that. That'd be cool. Like, or maybe yeah. he's the heel and they like they team up as the baby faces and handicap match to get him. Yeah. Either way, I think I think that would be the most interesting kind of other thing to do with them. Like after the WWE titles off of them, let them sort of implode. Hmm. I can see that. One way or another, because like either they turn on him or like he you know gets abusive and angry and then like beats the shit out of them until they turn on him. Like as baby faces, because then you know mm-hmm. what? Fuck it. At that point too, it's like why? Why aren't they also just in the tag division? Yeah, they actually mentioned they were uh, on who's it? Jericho's podcast this week, and uh, they mentioned that they're like, oh yeah, right now our role is with uh, Jinder, and Jericho's kind of like, yeah, but why aren't you guys having like tag matches or anything? <laughs> Right, and, like, wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense, too, like, with Jinder, wouldn't he, like, want to increase the prestige of India and say, like, hey, like, I want you guys to win the tag team titles for India? Mm, wait, that's where the descent can come from. Maybe he hold, he's holding them back from doing that, and so finally they go, like, we want a piece of gold, so we're going to turn on you. Totally. Because, like, in Jinder's mind, right, maybe he doesn't want to want them to have gold as well because he wants to be the front and center spotlight guy. Ooh, and then, oh, so then maybe one way you could even kind of evolve this and tease it out longer is like, okay, so they're getting angry at that and starting to tease that, and then he, like, you know, it's resisting it, but then eventually it's like, fine, I'll let you go go do it. And then they, they like, maybe even they win the tag team titles at some point, and then he grabs the titles, then he holds it instead of them. Mm. And then he's acting almost like the Freebird rule of, like, yeah, all of us are champion, but, like, he always only makes them compete and makes them defend yeah. the titles. <laughs> 
but he still counts himself as the champion too. Yeah, he carries both of the titles on his shoulders and stuff, and eventually they turn on and be like, "Fuck you, dude! We do all the work." Yep, I can see that. I'd be down for some of that. Like that could be a story within SmackDown or Raw in the next year, like post WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah, because yeah, I would like to. Because if Big E got the title, then like you could do a story with him against somebody else at WrestleMania, or you could even like uh, I don't know, like who who would be a good opponent? Do you think for like if Big E is going into uh, WrestleMania as the WWE champion, having dethroned Mahal. Who do you think? I feel like it needs to be somebody who'd be like a big test for him to like retain against. Uh, if he didn't have such a bad week, I would say Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. Hmm. Maybe. But I'm questioning that after this week. <laughs> Who, you know what about what about like Randy Orton? Oh, especially oh, like, yeah. Randy Orton is the guy. I'll tell you why. Because then Randy Orton can play into his past with Kofi Kingston, how he destroyed Kofi Kingston's future and his push, and basically like threaten like he's going to do the same thing. Mm. And then Biggie has to like squash him, like not squash him as in like defeat him in actually thirty seconds or some shit, but like you know beat him, beat him succinctly. <laughs> Like, in revenge for Kofi and his, like, <laughs> lost dreams. <laughs> oh, and you could do uh, the spot that Randy, Kofi did go ahead. did to Randy in uh, Madison Square Garden, where he jumped off the railing through, like, the announce table. Biggie could do, like, a splash off of something into the announce table mm. to defeat Orton. Totally. And even as, like, part of this build, too, like, you could have, like, Randy Orton, like, injure Kofi or something. Like, in story, not in reality, but, you know, in story, he could, like, injure Kofi. So, Kofi's, like, you know, ringside or something there and injured. And, like, you know, Xavier Woods is there with the trumpet. They're cheering uh, Big E on. (laughs) I'd fucking watch that, man. That would be great. I would really watch that. Man, (laughs) because I I do think Big E definitely has world champion potential. Oh, totally. Especially, like, I think he could do it on his own, but I think especially if uh, Woods is by his side, like, there's no reason that they can't do that. We've said that he's had title potential since he's been with Ziggler. Yeah, that's true. I feel like we've said that for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he got lost in the shuffle for a while, and then the New Day is what really brought him back to prominence. Absolutely, dude. That, That New Day has fucking saved all three of those guys, and it's been fucking... Amazing. And that wasn't the easiest ride either. They they had a bumpy start. Yeah, well, I mean, when they fucking came out, they were supposed to be baby faces and they were immediately completely rejected. Because it was horrible at first. Ugh. Yeah. Well, and hey, you know what? At least WWE was smart enough to be like, hey, all right, fine. We'll turn him heel. Which was another part of one of the better matches at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> one of the... Who we thought, like... Did you not think that Sami Zayn was going to remain a babyface like for his whole career? Like I thought he was going to be like, another. Uh, yeah, I thought he was going to be like, Steamboat. Steamboat, just yeah. career babyface. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I'm, to be honest, I was really okay with it. But um, this was really exciting. It was yes. a, a shocking twist. That we both definitely did not call the Sami Zayn saving Kevin Owens at the end of Hell no. in a Cell. Um, but it was excellent, and the follow up on SmackDown was even better. And, well, just to go back to, like, the Hell in a Cell match itself, one, I love that they called it False Count Anywhere from the beginning, because that led to a better finish. 
And then two, the way to have Sammy turn like that was great. Because it's the turns have always been attack the babyface. So, like, he didn't attack Shane. No, all he did was pull Kevin out of the way. Exactly. It's like it, it, he even turned baby, or he turned heel by acting like a babyface. Yes. <laughs> by saving somebody from harm. And, and then, as you said, we go on to the, the follow up on SmackDown, which was amazing as well. Dude, that was an amazing promo. Uh, I mean, Sami Zayn, I think, has cut some other really good ones, too, but I think that probably has got to be the one of his career so far, at least in WWE. I was going to say definitely in WWE. Like, by far, that was one of the best. And it was just so logical. Like, I, I've i been righteous my whole career, and I've been doing it for the fans, and where has it got me? Like, mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I saw Shane was ignoring me, and then I saw that he, he didn't want to just beat Owens. He wanted to kill him, and I wouldn't let him kill my brother. And I was just like, that's fucking great! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking amazing, dude. Like, it's... He he is so true to his character. That's why it's so good. Like, I think a lot of the, the turns that feel bad are ones that don't feel like they make sense to the characters. Mm-hmm. And this is one that's fully made sense to his character because, like, there's the long story progression of, like, the frustration combined with the fact that within this event there's a really good reasoning as to why he would do this and have it make sense within his face character to turn heel. Mm-hmm. Or at least to even do this thing. Like, even if he didn't, like fully accept all the connotations of turning heel, like just him coming out and saving Kevin Owens, he could have still stayed a, stayed a babyface and done that the way that he explained everything. But then yeah. him fully turning heel is the extra part of him saying that like, you know, Kevin Owens, when you power bomb me, like you started waking up my eyes, which is also coming right off of Gallagher, basically saying a lot of the same things mm-hmm. and saying that it's like, you know, you, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad that you were right all along. Yeah. Was it, do you think that Gallagher was kind of like a test? They're like, let's see if this kind of works <laughs> to a crowd. <laughs> let's see if an underdog redhead uh, can pull off this storyline. Oh my god, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you know what? Now that you mention that, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it is. Um, yeah. So those were definitely. Uh, the two highlights of oh I guess well if so if you're talking about the new day, um, they also had. I I what would you say was your more favorite match the the tag team championship or Shane and Owens? Oh oh the tag team match for sure. Okay, I mean the the Owens and um, Shane match was good too. I think it was really good. Um, but that that tag team match in the cell was fucking phenomenal. Fucking I give phenomenal. I. I gave the the tag match the edge because I loved that. Like I thought, Owens and, and Shane had to leave the cell in order for that finish to work because yeah. that was the problem with the Undertaker match. If you remember, like Shane does this huge spot, crowd is at its peak, but then they had to continue to get back into the ring to finish, and so it brought okay. it down. Exactly. So this, oh, what was that? No, I was just like saying exactly. Like I agree. Yeah. And th- so this was able to end right. What I loved about this tag team match, they didn't need to leave the cell. Mm-hmm. And they stayed in it, and they did everything perfectly. Right. It was like it was every single thing that I ever could have wanted it to be. It was an extremely good tag team match. It was an extremely good Hell in a Cell match. It was an extremely good like hardcore match. 
Mm-hmm. And it was like the perfect culmination of a feud match, too. Because like I was so glad they had Woods in there. Like I was mm-hmm. going to be really upset if they didn't have Woods in this match. Because Woods has been very integral to the Usos feud. Yes, and and Kofi has mainly been the guy on the outside of it, and mm-hmm. then he was on the outside of that match. Yep, and it was like it was just so fucking well worked. Like both teams like playing to their fucking strengths. Like you know Woods and stuff doing like the the kendo stick trap in the corner to like put one of the Usos in the corner for a while, mm-hmm. and then like doing the stuff with the gong, and then like the Usos coming back, and then like you know having the handcuffs and like putting Uso like um, um Woods over the corner and smacking it with the kendo sticks and shit like. This is, I don't know what Meltzer rated this, but if I was rating this shit, I would have to give this six like, stars. <laughs> I don't know about the six star sort of thing, but uh, if maybe like four point seven five or five, like it's up there, definitely. Um, and I love the fact that Kofi didn't get involved either. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say it's like the one guy who finally like didn't actually get involved in a cage match. <laughs> <laughs> Which and, uh, and I'm really glad too, because like we both predicted that the uh, the new day were gonna win here, but I'm like I'm really glad that the Usos won because I think that they needed it a little bit more, and I think that yeah. it actually fit the gimmick a little bit more too with the whole Uso penitentiary thing. It was like a really nice ribbon onto this whole feud. Yeah, and then the follow up on SmackDown I thought was also great because any more from these two teams would have ruined this. Right, because where do you go from there? Yeah, they like they have to stop right now. Yeah, because and we they want to get to this again later someday. Mm-hmm. And but and that's what was great about this. It wasn't anything stupid to to have these guys stop. Like one one of these tag teams go to the other show or anything like that. It was just the two of them talking. Like, hey, we've just put each other through hell and black back. We ended up with the championships. We good for a while. Yeah, we're good for a while. Well, that's that's the only way you can end that with Usos like winning that without the new day getting a rematch. Yeah. So I th- I thought I made a lot of sense. It was really well mm-hmm. done. And then it allowed for it was that was one of the best pieces of writing in a while and that allowed for the other teams to come out and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa you guys just think you're at the top and like let them get their shots in." Which then uh, led to a match leading up to uh, Shelton and Gable getting the number 1 contendership. Yeah. I th- I kind of predicted that one. Yeah, I feel like when everybody else is starting to line up, I was like, oh, so, well, if it's not them, then it either means it's Breezango, uh, or the Ascension, or the Hype Bros. Um, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> kind of spin off of all these, so then I see New Day spinning off with the Hype Bros, because they were the ones that originally came out and interrupted the segment. I could see that, although... Maybe if WWE is listening to this podcast, uh, they'll take my idea and realize that uh, Big E will go after Mahal with New Day. <laughs> that's that's the dude. That's the destiny. That's where. Well, you said that that'll be Royal Rumble, right? Well, they need to start the feud now, though. They need because like, okay. Big E needs to start doing a couple singles matches. Start building up the desire of like, you know what, guys? You know, we just had the most amazing tag team feud of all time with the Usos. Where do we go from here? And then, like, they, I don't know, look at, like, a picture of the WWE title or something. They're like, hmm. And it's like the New Day becomes, like, so they would almost kind of consider that, like, the New Day is the WWE champion, but it's Big E. Because he'd be the guy. The guy. The guy. 
the big guy, <laughs> the big E guy. Um, and so the one of the other teams that came out, Brizango, I see them spinning off with our brand new tag team on SmackDown. It's two guys we've seen before, but they are repackaged. We now have Luke Harper and Eric Rowan as the Bludgeon Brothers. Ooh, the brother. brother Bludgeon Brothers. Let me tell you something, brother. Oh, yeah. Brother, brother. <laughs> brother, brother. <laughs> I, you know what? Actually, maybe it'd be kind of cool to have them come in and, like, smash apart the Hype Bros first. Ha! Uh, I didn't think about that. Although, I, I do have a specific pitch for them that I think would make them perfect. Because, uh, so they're they're the Bludgeon Brothers, they call themselves, right? And they're yep. both carrying sledgehammers. Yes. And they're wearing weird culty sort of robes. Well, they used to follow Bray Wyatt. But mm. I think they should come back as followers of Triple H in the cult of Triple H. <laughs> where, they all, <laughs> where they just come in with sledgehammers with him and they just destroy whoever he you know points at. That would kind of work. As funny as it is. Yeah, like... He would just, you know, come out and just point, whatever, and they just come out and smash a fucker with sledgehammers. What more do they need to do? Other than have or, matches from time to time. So and you those, could those do that direct way. I kind of like, I would like it up to to either, uh, another way I, I could see it is a more, uh, beh- like, behind the scenes thing. Where, so, like, remember when people thought the shield was working for Punk? Mm. But there was no direct contact between them? Yeah. So just be like someone crosses Triple H and then all of a sudden the Bludgeon Brothers attack them. And like totally. start in, in, interfering in certain matches and you notice like a trend of like, oh, that's the way Triple H wanted it to go and things like that. Well, you know, especially if, if we're going to consider the um, the conspiracy theory potential of um, Triple H being like still associated with Kevin Owens and that Kevin Owens taking out Shane could have been part of a plot with Triple H. Mm hmm. Then you know maybe Kevin or led to the Bludgeon Brothers will start taking out people who are starting to go after Kevin Owens mm. or something like that, and Sami Zayn. So then it's like you know keeping them safe, you're building this like secret alliance that's on top of the one that's known, which would be those two, and then the Bludgeon Brothers in the back destroying people, and then further in the back Triple H, and then further in the back Triple H commanding it all. Mm. Seriously, we need to start writing for shows. <laughs> well, you know what I. <laughs> I I have to think that somebody has pitched it at some point, probably Triple H himself, but <laughs> I think it would be a really interesting idea for them at some point to try, maybe, to do a type of storyline where like Triple H is trying to do some sort of big coup in WWE and that he's doing it like with the help of a lot of NXT stars, like playing into the fact that like, you know, he's the one in charge of NXT and that he could have been like specifically grooming to and talking to different guys even when they were back in NXT about these plans about like, Hey, someday we're going to take this shit over. So, you know, just remember. So that someday when like, you know, I tap your shoulder and it's like, Hey, it's time. Then be like the bam, it's the NXT takeover. Like that's why <laughs> even we fucking called it takeovers back then. Motherfucker. I was telegraphing it. And Vince, you were too stupid. Like, I don't know. I could see some sort of big thing like that. Definitely. I like that. And then, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know, I guess there would have to be, like, a WWE resistance or something like that. Like, the Shield guys or something. <laughs> Even though they all came from NXT. 
Although they were, yeah, at like, this point, yeah, the uh, most of the roster has come from NXT now, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it would be a really short uh, lived invasion because, like, oh, most of us are NXT. Um, I guess let's just retire John Cena. And I was Randy gonna Orton say it'd be it'd be John Cena, it'd be Chris Jericho, like Randy Orton, like Big Show, Randy, big, big Show, like cleaning uh, out a Brock lot of those Lesnar. guys that you forget are still kind of in the company, like Mark Henry. <laughs> Yeah, um, Kane. We have to get rid of Shelton Benjamin, even though he just came back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of who else hasn't wasn't Mickey, down Mickey in James. NXT. Oh yeah. Even though, even though, actually, Mickey James did come back and go down to NXT for a little bit because she had that uh, match with Oscar and stuff. Remember? Oh right, so Triple H got her back into the company via NXT. Yep. There you go. The conspiracy continues. Yep. <laughs> It's all conspiracy. It is all conspiracy. <laughs> all right. So uh, now we get into the not as nice things from uh, Hell in a Cell. What, you, what you do you go, want to you want to go through the hell in the cell? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the fuck is even worth going into? Uh, uh, we've got Rude Ziggler. We shit on Mahal and Nakamura. Yeah, Nakamura, but that was pretty bad. Um, Flair defeating Natalia by DQ. Corbin yeah, defeating Stock. That was, that was like way too short. They didn't really get in anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, Corbin winning the U.S. title and that, Randy that match Orton. Was okay. I think the, I think the U.S. match was all right. Yeah, the follow up is strange. Well, uh, with Corbin just Corbin clean, the, yeah, the clean win. Uh, but I guess that just means AJ goes on to something else. I suppose so. Which, I mean, I guess that's... The, do you think that um, Styles goes on to feud with Mahal next? Either Mahal or Owens. <laughs> oh, you know what, you're right. I feel he like had, probably he... will do a tag match with Shane, maybe. Yeah, on Talking Smack, he said, Shane, I got your back. Yep, you're right. So they'll do uh, Styles and Shane versus uh, Owens and Zayn. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, none of those matches on Hell in a Cell are... Worth going back and watching. So, yeah, a lot of them are really bad. I mean, it's, I, I was so so fucking disappointed, mad too, with like Ziggler and Rude. Yeah, that was, that was shite. And the the segment on SmackDown. Oh my <laughs> god, woof! That was bad. Someone messed up. Like, <laughs> what's what? What do you for, think happened there? One of them forgot their lines, <laughs> and because did you hear them mumbling to each other? Yeah. Like and so I think I don't know who it was, but someone was trying to give the other their lines, and it just wasn't working right. And so then they just kept going, yeah, 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 oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I, I think Rude forgot his lines, but I, you know, I guess we'll see next week who uh, whoever is made to look like a complete dickhead. I was gonna say who gets buried. Yeah, see so who gets buried next week is whoever fucked up in WWE's eyes last this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, that was uh, two bad segments in a row. I feel like this mm-hmm. uh, this feud's going to get flushed down the toilet really quick. And uh, man, I, I really don't know what they're planning with either one of these guys right now. I mean, obviously Ziggler, they've just kind of given up on a long time ago. I think. Um, mm. And who and knows? rude they ha- rude they haven't given much besides the entrance. Yeah, and well, I mean, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and also say that like for the most part, outside of a couple of his heel promos in NXT, like Rude also hasn't really lived up to anything other than the entrance. Like I think you kind of could just give that entrance to somebody else and like get rid of Rude. Hmm. Honestly, I think you could. The entrance is yeah, I mean, way more over than he is. Yeah. So you know what? What if what if this is what if this ends with just Ziggler stealing his entrance and then retire like kicking Root out of the company? Oh my god! And stealing the robes and shit. Oh my god! <gasps> they could finally do what we were always thinking originally they should have done with Dolph and do Nature Boy 2.0. <laughs> steal the glorious entrance. Steal the fucking robes. Steal all the other Ric Flair shit that Bobby Roode was trying to do. And just make Dolph Ziggler the nature boy. He could totally do it. You know what? Here's the other thing, and I don't I don't know how comfortable they would feel like doing this, but I think on screen, they should put Dolph and Charlotte together as a heel couple. I think that'd be great. I think that could have some potential. Totally. I could see it. Like just, just like this really like almost like the blonde. Yeah, and it's like, like it's not it's not actually power. incestuous because like they're not related, but like almost because they look so similar in that way, like it's almost like kind of that borderline like Lannister esque like incestuous connotation. And well, you could just also have Charlotte like kind of bestow it on him, right? Like you've lived up to my father's name. I'm honoring right. him through this, right? And it's kind of got that extra grossness because then it's like yeah, yeah, like they're both the flares together, and it's like oh, it's like she's fucking her dad through him. Or something. Oh yeah, you get really gross with it. That would be that. That's genius, like heel gold because it's gross, right? And, and like, oh, people hate if he rips off Flair. Mm-hmm. And then she could be like, ripping off Flair with him, and they're both doing it, the woos together. I was gonna say, like, when's the last time a Flair got booed? Like, <laughs> all right, there you go, WWE. That's how you fix the Bobby Roode problem too. And the Dolph Ziggler problem. I have given you so many problem fixes today. We we fixed the Jinder Mahal problem. We fixed the Dolph Ziggler problem. The Bobby Roode problem. And we even gave him a great pitch for the Bludgeon Brothers. All within an hour. All within a half hour. All within a half hour. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, man. What? By the end of this podcast, we'll have fixed the entire WWE. The entire WWE. How mm-hmm. many... How many fixes does your creative guy give you per hour Vince because we can do it better we can do it better we just did we just did yet again go ahead and feel free to steal. you know what I have some uh, proof that uh, at least Neville watches this show or listens to the show why is that because uh, you see the uh, the rumor is that Neville has quit WWE and that mm-hmm. a lot of it is uh, due to frustration over the creative direction that he was about to be going in with uh, things with Enzo. There's a rumor that he was going to be losing to him in the main event and all that. I'm and glad he walked out then because that's the dumbest fucking creative I've ever heard. Exactly. And you know why he was so upset? Because he worked himself into a shoot because he heard the amazing ideas that we pitched that were mm-hmm. so much better than the shit they were spewing out that he was just like, nope, fuck this shit. I'm out. He's like, two guys from the East Coast came up with better <laughs> ideas than you. 
two fucking bums from the East Coast came up better ideas than your whole creative team for me. You have no faith in me. You don't care about me. Fuck you. I'm leaving. And that's the thing now. It's it's actually good to see that uh, wrestlers have options now. <coughs> and so it's not the fear of, oh, no, if I lose my job at WWE, I'm not going to make any money. No, you can make money out there. And a guy like Neville is going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if having competition forces you to be better because when there's actually somewhere else for these guys to go, then what happens is either they have the balls to step up and say that, hey, this is what I'm going to like take in what I need, and then either they're going to get it, or if they're not, they're going to be like, well, then I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they're going to bring that amazing talent somewhere else. We're just going to continue to grow that product, hopefully. Well, mm-hmm. well I guess when we're saying that there's, when there's legitimate competition and there's other places for people to go. Because then when those people start to grow and get better, then it forces WWE to have to start getting better because otherwise it's going to, you know, they're not going to retain the top talent. Yeah, and I mean, they, they've got to realize that it's not just about the money either. Like, WWE has to see, like, guys will even take a pay cut if they feel creatively more fulfilled. Yeah. Or, like, you know, because there's, if, as long as you can still, like, have some sort of, like, comfortable or, like, successful or, like, you know, whatever they qualify as successful sort of living, you know, like, I don't know whether maybe instead of making, um, I'm just going to throw out random ass numbers, but, like, maybe instead of making, like, 150 grand for some of these, like, lower tier guys per year, maybe you're going to be making, like, 70 or 80, but, you know, you're working, like, half the dates. You actually get to pick your schedule. Yeah. Um, you know? There's like ups and downs with those different things. Maybe you have to do a lot more of your own self-promotion and stuff, obviously, because you don't have the WWE machine behind you and you have to do more stuff for like creating your own merch. But then you're getting like a higher percentage of those sales and stuff like that. You have yeah, more exactly. freedom for what you want to do. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, look at Cody Rhodes is like a great example of a guy who's gone out there and fucking killed it. Exactly. Mundo's Him gone and, out there and killed it and found a great niche. Uh, Even a lower guy, I'd say like Juice Robinson. He's yeah. a star over in New Japan. Yeah, like he's gone over to New Japan, done good stuff. Like, there's there are places for guys to go now. Mm-hmm. Like, especially compared to a couple of years ago. Oh my like, god, yeah. Like I remember, especially you know, even like a like really late two thousands into the early twenty tens and stuff like that. It was like there was a not a lot of great places for guys to go. It was basically TNA and Ring of Honor were the only viable places for guys and that was just for uh what's the word i'm looking for visibility right that you like you're you're gonna take a huge pay pay cut at that time Mm because neither of those companies were paying what they uh are paying now but um you were still gonna feel and that was when tna was even paying yeah (laughs) actually paying so uh yeah yeah, it's just, it's really excellent that, like, there are more options out there, and it's, like, you know, it's just, it, it is a strange, s- slow sort of evolution of the pro wrestling industry, because, like, you, you do see it that, like, you know, because WWE and wrestling in general is not really huge in the mainstream, but, like, obviously still WWE has, like, a large chunk of it, but their chunk is still kind of, like, decreasing over time. Like, their attendance is still kind of dwindling at a lot of shows, like, you see how much of those like 
parts of those arenas are blocked off and stuff like that because they're just not selling the seats. Yeah. Like, yeah, the it's going down. And then, like, a lot of the other things, like the, some of the indies and Ring of Honor and New Japan, like, a lot of those are starting to grow. So it's like, you know, it's it's slow, but it's kind of happening on some levels. And I, I think that it's, it's not going to ever get to a point where uh, WWE is ever going to really be overtaken. I think before it would ever get to that point, WWE would probably just buy like Ring of Honor or some of the other, enough of the other indies that just then, then it's like, oh, well, now we own them and they're all on our network. Exactly. No, <laughs> or we, no you, know, you can't do. Yeah, we just got rid of the ones that we don't want. We kept the ones that we do want and shuffled them around and we've created new shows or something like that. Like, I don't think they'd ever let it get to that point, but it. I think it's getting to the point where they're probably going to have to start doing more of that, or more. Yeah. I don't. It. It's so fucking weird though, because like at the same time, whenever they do crush that sort of stuff, it it hurts them. Like we were just talking about, like when you don't have the competition, then your your own performers suffer. Exactly. Especially because, like. You know, there's, like, the mentality of, like, when you come into work and you're coming in to, like, do a good job versus, like, you're trying not to get fired. <laughs> like, when there's... Yeah, that's true. Like, if, if there's only one company in town to work for where you can make enough of a living doing in doing your job, then the mentality becomes so much more of, I don't want to get fired because the goal is to stay in that company. Versus mm-hmm. where if there's multiple places that you can go and make money, then the goal would be, I want to prove that I am worth as much money as possible. Because then even if one company says like, you know, it's trying to fuck me over, then I can go somewhere else. And then I'm still worth it. But if there's only one company, then it doesn't matter how much I'm worth. It matters what they think I'm worth. Because yeah. I want to stay in that company's good graces. So then with that mentality, everybody's at, like operating at a lower level. Because the mentality is stay with the job, not boost my worth. Because, like, unfortunately, Vince doesn't, you know, there's him and worth don't always equate because, like, his, he gets so fascinated with guys of size and certain guys that are just loyal to him that, you know, he'll fuck over other guys for, you know, petty reasons. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So there's, unfortunately, so many, there's a lot of politics in it. Although I, like, can you imagine how fucking different WWE would be now, or especially even the last couple of years if Shane had, like, actually taken over at some point? It'd be a lot more freshened up. <laughs> like, I mean, I have to think that it's definitely going to get better on some level when Triple H takes takes over, I would hope. Oh, definitely, yeah. If, I mean, look if, how good NXT is doing. Right, like, if NXT is an indication. Yeah. Vince is such a stubborn fuck. I would, like, he's never going to give the reins over until he's dead. Pretty right? much. Like, there's, he's, he's just not going to do it. He's he's going to have to die. He's <laughs> he's just going to have to die. You're right. Well, oh well, it'll happen eventually. Even he can't cheat death. But I, I do think that he's going to freeze himself. I think he's going to do it as an angle. And then someday come back. On Raw, and be like, like <laughs> suckers. Yeah, like he's gonna have to write it into his will that like Stephanie's gonna have to keep him alive until the technology to like unfreeze him becomes like real, if it ever does. So then he can come back on Raw, like a hundred years later, 
<laughs> That'd be crazy. And, and no, nobody's watching it anymore. <laughs> what the hell? What happened to my company? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, jeez. Alright, so anything else from SmackDown? Um, ooh, what did you think of um, uh, Corbin there retaining clean over Mr. Styles? Oh, well, there goes the United States Championship. <laughs> did it make you cry at the Cup of Spark Tears? Uh, it just made me go, I can't wait to see what AJ does next, and now I don't care about the United States Championship. <laughs> I think I think Baron Corbin would be really excited with that answer. Oh, yeah, oh, I now I get your joke. I forgot mm-hmm. that he said about the, uh, I'll swim with your tears <laughs> or something I'll, I'll like that. I'll buy a boat and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sail down the river of your tears. Oh Which gosh. I actually have to kind of say was a pretty good line. Like I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hate to admit that he does good things, so. Well, it's like, he he has a lot of fucking flaws as a performer. There are a few things about him that are decent, though. And I think um, one of them has been kind of the... The fact that the writing and the fact that WWE has made him lose a lot of opportunities feeds very well into his uh, kind of very immature sort of personality because he reacts very, very like entertainingly to loss because he takes mm-hmm. loss very, very harshly. So he reacts hugely to loss. So when you like make it's him real. squander opportunity, yeah, exactly. Like he cannot handle it as a real person. So then that translates over to his character, like fucking losing his shit and it looks really good because as a person he can do that acting very well and so like you're running with this kind of storyline of him getting like increasingly fucking just like pissed beyond reason like he's squandered these opportunities that were really big like has felt really good because it's felt very real Mm -hmm. and you know now with him winning this title it's it's like this ultimate sort of culmination for him where it's like see i am as good as i think that i am and you're all a piece of shits, and I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not ready to poo poo on it yet. Like, I think that there's a lot of things about Corbin that I still will poo poo on, and I think he needs to grow a lot as a performer. Um, but I think that uh, Styles did really help him get to a pretty decent match here. It wasn't amazing, but it was decent. Yeah, that's a um, good. Uh... And that him and Dillinger together like really did a good job of bringing him to a an okay match. I think at um, Hell in a Cell. I mean, they definitely showed that. I think we definitely need to see more of a Styles and Dillinger match at some point. <laughs> oh, totally. That needs to happen. But uh, it's like Corbin's bad, but he has improved. Oh, yeah. I'll never say that he's like, hasn't improved. But, but uh, I'm glad that they, like, they, I think they have found a little better niche for him because they, for so long, were very enamored with the idea of him being legitimately intimidating and scary. And he's not. He no. is a. Like basically a giant whiny crybaby man who can't yes. handle losing, and that's Never his character. Never blames everybody else, right? And is like extremely childish, and it's like I almost want to say like he's like a weird juggalo. Like he, his character is a juggalo, not not <laughs> in what sense? Not like not a gigolo, a juggalo. Oh, oh, I did think. Oh, okay. Like not a male prostitute gigolo. Uh, a the, juggalo. The like fans the, of yeah. the insane clown posse. The yeah. fans of the insane clown posse. Like. He is the juggalo wrestler. Okay. 
<laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like he's this strange. Like, like he hates societies. keyboard warriors, but at the same time, like he's he would be a weird keyboard warrior. Yeah, be, like sniffing uh, his own farts and like saying that everybody so, else is the problem and the shit. Yeah, society is bringing me down. That everyone's like criticizing me, but yet I'm dressed like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's my favorite of jugglers. Like, yeah. just don't make fun of us. Then don't dress up like an idiot. Like, yeah, it's like don't look like a fucking like complete moron. <laughs> like, there's no defense of your shit. <laughs> Sorry. When you Sorry. dress and act like a retarded person, um. We're going to call you on it. I'm going to call you on it. <laughs> and Baron Corbin is your United, United States champion. So, congratulations, Juggalos. <laughs> Have fun with that. Have fun with that. Although, it, it, my other last little tiny note um, from SmackDown, I kind of want to get your opinion on it, is um, what do you uh. think of the potential of doing like a really short tag team run of like Nakamura and Orton together? Because I felt like they had a surprising amount of chemistry in their match. Yeah, seven what English. I didn't like about it was that it um, uh, they didn't like hype that up or anything. Like, it's two of your biggest guys teaming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I could see if it's a short run, yes. Yeah, like I'm thinking, like kind of like in the same vein of like a rated RKO. Mm-hmm. Like real quick, kind of come together, be like real like strong kick-ass duo of a team and then probably split right apart and start feuding something like that yeah i think they would have a really good feud mm-hmm. uh, i think or yeah orton would be a good opponent for nakamura i i th- i would love to see a match with those two guys yeah i think orton could really bring out nakamura's strong style mm-hmm. i I kept thinking that that was going to be one of the match uh, the matches, one, yeah, of the just... ma- one of the matches that they were going to build towards over the summer with like either Nakamura getting this title or with uh, Orton getting it back with his feud with Mahal, and then mm-hmm. go to one with Nakamura. But I guess not. <laughs> Maybe that's down the down the line though. I don't know. I be, I mean I definitely want to see that at some point. So give it to me. <laughs> oh, I'll give it to you. Gonna give it to me? Are you gonna give it to me? Just like uh, the shield versus uh, the four, the four dudes. Of so, uh, do you do you now that they have Strowman in this match? Like, does it feel weird that Miz is still in here? Yes. Like at this point, I don't think they need Miz at all. Like it, I think it would actually be a lot better and more succinct if it was Strowman and the Bar versus uh, the Shield. It's actually kind of interesting because um, it felt like they were kind of writing him off. With that power bomb, Strowman? No, uh, sorry, Miz. Oh, like at the start of the show? Yeah. That could that could have been an interesting way to go with it. Actually, maybe that would have been a better way to go with it. Is that like that could have like taken him out of the equation, and then they're like, "Well, shit, we need somebody else." And then yeah, like there's still still the same thing happened with Strowman, but then you have a statement afterwards where instead of Miz going to Kurt Angle, you just have Strowman meet up with the bar in the back. And they're like, yeah, like, let's fucking team up and kill him (laughs) or something. You're that or that, like, you know, this coming next week, then like all three of them could have come out and attacked the shield. Yeah, I can see that. that. But 
Well, I mean, I guess they still could do that. Maybe, maybe like the shield will take out the Miz or something this week or next week. Yeah, just because like at a certain point, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Because now it's the shield three guys versus Strowman, Miz, Bar, and the rest of the Mistrash. It's like mm-hmm. six guys, right, or seven? Yeah, yeah. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> many, many guys. <laughs> like right, and it's kind of ridiculous at that point. Yeah, but, yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll see how much, like, what, but, like, the Miztourage guys are so paper-thin that they're just, they're, like, one Superman punch and they're done. Um, And honestly, it's, like, Miz has been booked so physically weakly over his time that, like, it, especially with this being a TLC match, I think it's, like, can Miz even, like, I, I don't even know how he's supposed to hang in this. Cause he's just gonna be like on the sidelines, like hiding the whole time or being dead. Like he, I mm. feel like he's just not hardcore enough for this match. But like all the other six guys, fuck yeah. <laughs> so like you give me the Shield, and then you uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, and Braun Strowman in a six man tag team TLC match. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the shit out of that. Thank you. Yeah, well, I will watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> But I feel like Miz uh, at this point will almost just like be a detriment. And it, honestly, it's like, let's fucking get an IC title match. Have him fucking defend it against somebody. Definitely. I don't care. Have it be Jason Jordan. Have it be somebody else. <laughs> um, well, he got a win over Carl uh, Anderson, so he's good to go, right? Yeah, that's true. He uh, he got a win over um, Chad Too Bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, uh, what did you think of what did you think of uh, Sister Abigail's debut there? Oh man, this Sister Abigail could get an Intercontinental title match. Is are we going with like a transgender slash gender fluid character? I think I think the idea is just that Bray Wyatt is crazy because it, the story you know we've seen in this promo he talked about how his sister died when he was a kid and he believes that his or her soul entered him like he chose her as she was dying mm-hmm. and that he has inherited her soul and her powers or some legacy or some shit and that she is like the dark evil voice inside of him that uh like convinces him to do bad things and stuff like that and is like i guess some of the source of his insanity and like an alternate persona because yeah. then as a he was saying that like Br- you brave bray is so innocent my sweet sweet bray like he would never hurt anybody Mm -hmm. but then like i make him do whatever or something like that or i do something so man i don't know like there there was a few little weird spots in this but like overall i'm I'm a fan of it because it's like i think this is very much like um do you remember a while ago i was saying that i think that the the key for them to making bray wyatt work is to make him kind of like mankind yes because like originally there were so many more overtones towards undertaker and that's kind of like not worked as well. But I think that the more the more they tap into him being more like mankind and being crazy instead of being like an actual spooky booga man, because we know that's bullshit. Like, <laughs> but if he's actually just crazy, then you can either build, you know, legitimate fear out of him being like a real scary, crazy person, or you can build sympathy out of him being like tormented and shit like that. Because, like, this whole thing with, like, the Sister Abigail, like, you know, you can go, like, a really kind of interesting direction of, like, if it's actually going to make him, like, 
stronger because he's like crazy or some shit, then like, okay, great. Yeah, we can see some sort of cool thing here, but um, I don't know. I there's there's no way for me to have faith anymore. Fucking why it cost me the title before? I just goddamn <laughs> won it now by like an inch, and it still feels us not satisfying because it was only by like an inch. Yeah, I've loved that we've no one, neither of us has blown the other out in scores. I, it'll happen at TLC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what you don't believe me? Yeah, keep telling yourself that. Hey, I'm the champion, buddy. Oh, by a point. Oh, I'm so scared. Hey, by an inch or a mile, a win is a win. Even by a millimeter. Centimeter. <laughs> yeah, well, we know how you relate to that size. Oh! <laughs> how, Joe? How do I relate to it? Your penis. That's, that's what I was talking about. Oh. It was not self-evident because my penis is so large. <laughs> <laughs> I have to measure it in feet. <laughs> well, wait. Is it Newman talking about uh, his penis or your character talking about their penis? It's, it's, it's the rogue of wrestling talking about his penis. <laughs> it's my penis, not Hulk Hogan's penis. Call back. <laughs> That's right, man. We did talk about that so long ago on this show. Yep. Yeah. You know who who which character do you think has the largest penis in wrestling? Oh, Hulk Hogan by far. Oh, I was gonna say it's got to be um. Oh, fuck, why am I blanking on his name right now? Val Venus. Um, no, no, no. Um, Joey. Um, Dong Style. What the fuck? Why can't I blank on his name? Oh, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Joey Ryan. Or at least he's got the strongest penis, even if it's not the biggest one. Yeah. Doesn't uh, mean it's uh the biggest, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, but on the other side, the smallest, what did you think of uh, Kalisto getting the Cruiserweight title out of nowhere? Yeah. In honor Lucha of, thinks. Uh, in honor of Eddie Guerrero's birthday. <laughs> I thought that was a cool tie-in. I'm not going to shoot on that. But uh, I just don't, after Enzo, I, I, he's not as charismatic. So. Oh, I mean, don't worry. Enzo's getting it back. Yeah, right? It's got to. Like, I think it's going to be a flip-flop. Yeah, well, I mean, there's even rumors that this was like a just like a knee-jerk reaction to Neville piecing out. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that they were just like, well, what the fuck do we do? Uh, hey, guys, it's Eddie Guerrero's birthday. Perfect. Give it to Kalisto. Lucha things. <laughs> do those Lucha things. It's like they just pull Kalisto aside. It's like, all right, God damn it. We're going to give you one last shot. You better not go out there and pull Lucha things again. <laughs> He just goes out right away. Lucha thinks. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but uh, in other Cruiserweight action, we had an interesting finish to a two out of three falls match. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Rich Swan getting two straight falls over... Uh... Crap, now I'm blanking on his name. TJP. TJP, yeah. Yeah, you don't uh, see that a lot. No. And it's. Uh, I think it's definitely... This is a good way for it to end their feud, right? Yeah, I think this is really fucking solid booking of the whole idea of them going back and forth, back and forth with this rivalry. And then you have the two out of three falls matches, which is supposed to sort of resolve that sort of thing. But this extra resolved because, like, wow, like, you beat him twice and you didn't even give up a single fall. Yeah. So, like, you really proved to be the better man in that match. So, I think that's got to be the end for now, at least for them. Definitely. And it's good because I think, uh, like I said, they're probably going to be switching the title back over to 
uh, Enzo again soon. So then Rich Swan could be like a potential contender now coming out of this for uh, the title. Like going after uh, Enzo. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they're going to need some more uh, guys up at the top with Neville out of there. I they're going to need. That. That's crazy. They're going to need guys that can talk up there. That's the big thing. Yeah, and like out of their options, Rich Swan is definitely one of their better ones. Like he's not great, but like he's he's better than a lot of the other guys. At least as far as baby faces for talking. Definitely, they're they're weaker on the baby face side. Right, because Enzo's rocking the heel character, so you got to stick him with that. Well, because you had Enzo and Neville on the heel side, right? And then now you've lost one of those guys. Well, I think they kind of were turning Neville face. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, but then he uh, he pieced out. So I guess we'll never know where they were going to go with it. But we shall never know. But here is something to know. Bam, 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 bam. Fan question of the week. Oh, who, Joe? In our opinions, are the top five baby faces and heels in WWE right now? Top heel, Kevin Owens. Okay, I definitely say yeah. Top Kevin Owens has got to be a top heel. Hands down, that's got to be. I'd say Miz is definitely on the top heel list. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, even though he's the Intercontinental Title guy, like he's he rocks that spot as like that yeah. mid upper card heel. Uh, I would throw Strowman in on heel. Yeah, even though like they should totally turn him babyface at some point here because he's over his fuck. Yeah. Um, let's see who be. Wow, it's easier to fill the heel side. <laughs> like, um. <laughs> Who be the other really big heels? Um, We've got three so far, right? I guess as far as like a tag team and stuff like that, maybe we could count uh, like the Usos. Yes. I feel like they get oh. a pretty decent reaction. Yeah, and I'll throw in uh, uh, Enzo. Enzo, there we go. Yep, Enzo's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so heels done. That was easy. Fuck, baby faces are hard. Baby faces. I would say... AJ. Yep, AJ definitely. He gets a very fucking solid reaction. People I think he's one. Uh, New Day. I would count New Day. For yes, tag team. yes, 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 yes. They get he gets great reactions. Um, mm. Hmm. Who else do the people absolutely fucking love? I would say that the Shield right now is an entity. You could still maybe count as one. Yes, 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 but, yes. Um, but that could be a nostalgia thing, like because who knows how long this will be together. So conditionally, because we'll throw cause them because in, in there, would you pick any of those? Because obviously Roman Reigns is not, but uh, um, Seth Rollins is like I feel like decently Seth over, but was, not super. Seth, over. Seth was like the most de- like the most over, right? Before they they reformed the Shield. Um. Yeah, I think he was probably getting the best reactions out of those three. Yeah, but with Dean in a close second. Yeah. All right. So so maybe we'll put those guys in there. Yeah. Um. But who else? Who else we got? Um, who else is uh, in NXT? Do we have any really good standouts in NXT for them? Or the women's division? You know what? Like Over on the heel side, I might actually throw Alexa Bliss a little bit in on the heel side. I think she's done yeah. impressively well and gotten really great reactions. Um, Charlotte, Asuka? maybe on the, on face- the face, or Asuka on the face side? Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Man, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be great to be able to say that like Bailey's in there, like if they had yeah. just kind of fucked it up? <laughs> and I, I would say like Sami Zayn, but then they didn't do a great job with him, and then turned heel. So yeah, 
Well, but that's I mean, I'm so excited for that though. I almost can't be yeah, mad yeah. cuz that's so good. But at the same time, yeah, it's like you can't be back cuz it's like what were you guys doing for so long with Sami Zayn? He was just sitting there. Just doing nothing with him. Um, you know what Nakamura? Nakamura's got to be in the top faces side. But I would put him in the bottom of the the top faces. Yeah, like maybe at number 5. Yeah. That's why that's why I was hesitant to include him. Okay, so yeah. So like Nakamura, Styles, we've got New Day. Um, who were the other two that we said? Maybe Seth Rollins. Mm. Yeah, we said the Shield as a unit conditionally. Yeah, Shield is like a unit or something like that. Um, the faces are fucking hard, man. Well, it's like they they've done such a shitty job of building so many of these guys up that it's like it's just hard. But so many so many guys have like a lukewarm to like kind of excited reaction like it's like oh a few people are excited to see you um you know what actually you know what i'm gonna throw out there um breezango i think the fashion police they get such a consistently good reaction when they come out or for the fashion files yeah but i just want to put them in the top tier yet well who 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 would you put in their place otherwise like I'm not I'm not talking about like where they are positioned in like the company of no. what title they can win. I'm just talking about like who is the most over. Well, I guess maybe that's my definition of this question. But I guess top yeah. five maybe we could run it in like a way that's like who are the top five um No, I'm trying to think of fan reaction, so Okay. I could would you throw Shane in there? I don't want to throw Shane in there part well because then I guess if we're gonna throw part timers in there then Brock has to be on that list somewhere. Oh uh, yeah, Brock uh, definitely gets consistent reactions. And Cena. Randy? Oh no, not Randy. Cena. If if anything, Cena is gonna be on one of those lists too as well. Mm. Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger, the ten or just you know actually Bobby Roode's entrance is the top yeah. baby face in wrestling. <laughs> The glorious entrance. Yeah, and it's a heel character, Jesus. Yep. The glorious entrance is all top baby faces and heels in wrestling. <laughs> um one of those possibly in the future, top baby faces and heels though, had a good match on NXT. Mm. And that was Andrade Cien Almas against Johnny Gargano. Yeah, these guys had a really great uh rematch from their uh takeover match at Chicago, right? Yeah, and I like the the evolution, right? Because at first Gargano wasn't distracted by um, Zelina on the side. Brooklyn, sorry, I said Chicago, Brooklyn. Oh yeah, I was like, wait, her name's Brooklyn. What? Like, I was like, no, it's Zelina. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and so just, I I like that. I like that the babyface wasn't fooled again, but he ended up losing. But it was it was a great dude. The CN's finish with the guy turned around looks mm-hmm. so much worse. Oh yeah, like that is way more brutal. Like he should have been doing that from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. I'm so glad that you picked up on that too. Like that finish in her now looks brutal as fuck. Before it was just I thought it was kind of weak. Yeah, but yeah, this looks great now. I'm like, oh my gosh, because <laughs> it's it's like whiplash, really bad. Yeah, it and, and like Gargano sold tr- it too. He, like he sold it oh, like yeah. a motherfucker. So. Good job to him. So interesting to see where they go from here. Um, well, I mean, I feel like at this point with um, uh, Cole seemingly transitioning almost more like to the tag team scene with like the 
uh, undisputed. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, almost maybe starts trying to go after uh, McIntyre here. Oh, that's a good point. Because I'm trying to think, like, who else would be um, the, the guy? Because like, if it's not Adam Cole and if it's not Roderick Strong, then less would be like Aleister Black, but he's in feud with uh, interfe- or he's in a feud with Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I would say almost is then your next best heel. Yeah. So I think they're heating him up. So uh, and definitely can... on a on the rise. Yeah. So yeah, and with and Zelina Vega at his side, let's see. Yeah. It. And especially because I I don't think that they're going to give him the title, but maybe this is kind of like a, they're going to do this, and then maybe after that, maybe move him up to like two hundred five live. But NXT does such a better job of guys going for the title, not getting it, and not killing them. Right. Like they could keep like, him around for a while. And Nakamura. Not getting the title after that horrible Jinder Mahal field is it killed him. Like it's uh Yeah, because like and he, he fucking lost like really relatively clean. Yeah, like with the same shit each time, like interference in the Singh brothers. Yeah, because then it's like because Mahal has not really been made to look good over a lot of other guys. Like even every time that he beat Randy, it was like through bullshit. And then Randy Orton beat him clean after their feud. So then just erased all of it. Mm-hmm. And then, so then it's like the guy that can't really beat anybody clean has basically just beaten Nakamura clean. So Nakamura is just like, what, the bottom of the fucking barrel? Yeah. Like, I, I was trying to come up with an idea for almost like how to save this if we weren't going to do the great Big E idea ahead. And it's like with Nakamura, if they were going to do one more match with Nakamura and Mahal. And I was like, what if what if Nakamura was going to go with an idea where it's like, you know, I didn't take you seriously up until now. And I realized that, it, you know, I haven't been the reason. The only reason that you came out ahead of me is because you're fighting for something still like you have the title to hold on to. And I don't have anything to lose. So oh. I need to put myself into a situation where I have something to lose. So I'm going to put my career on the line. And then he wins. But like. I don't know, kind of this like really Bushido-esque style idea that it's like, look, all right, give me one more shot, and if I can't win, then I don't deserve to be here. Like that early in his career, almost like really ballsy. That would be interesting. I don't know. But at this point, it looks like they're already moving on to, (laughs) they're probably going to transition him into a few with Rusev after that little tag team match with Orton. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. (laughs) Unfortunately. But yeah, at least I guess at least NXT looks a little brighter because like I mean Drew McIntyre's not a great champion, but he's better than uh, Jinder Mahal. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he doesn't decrease his. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. He opponents. Doesn't, he doesn't completely poop on his opponents and the title and cut like the worst the deep business. Like. <laughs> Uh, other great, a couple other little points from NXT though. We had Leo Rush's debut, even though he lost against uh, Velveteen Dream. I think he looked pretty good. Oh, he looked great in that loss though. Mm-hmm. Like, can we get a speed gun on him while he's running around <laughs> that ring? Because that dude is fucking fast. Yeah, that's that's fucking insane. I mean, it's fucking and tragedy the... that he comes in right as Neville exits. Oh, they would have had such good matches. Maybe, maybe you could even just have him have a race. Like, just a straight-up foot race instead of a match. It's like, all right, for the Cruiserweight title, we're going to have a foot race between Leo, Leo Rush and Neville. Just like um, uh, when they first brought made NXT and it was the rookies 
like doing those crazy uh, yeah, they had to, like carry kegs and shit yeah exactly that kind of stuff <laughs> totally oh my gosh um and then we also had a uh, tenara conti uh joining the undisputed era what mm-hmm. you think of this I thought it's great for the build-up to War Games because um, with Sanity having Nikki Cross, you've got to be able to have the Undisputed go up against that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think this will probably also, maybe it would lead to like a four-on-four match at some point. I could totally see oh, that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah. If they're going to tease it like this, then yeah. It'll be interesting stuff. I mean, I'll, I'm still trying to think about like my conspiracy theory of Roderick Strong joining them at War Games. I really hope that shit happens. I think it, ha- it has to, right? That'd be fucking awesome. Um, but if it doesn't, we'll see other cool shit could happen. Um, yeah. But we have uh, we had one more episode of a uh, Ultima Lucha Trace this week. Part Trace. Part Trace. Oh my gosh, Joe. There's only one more. Yeah. After this week, there's only one more. For maybe, a long time. Maybe ever. Hopefully only just for a while, but maybe ever. Yeah, so no confirmations yet if Lucha Underground is going to continue after next week. Um, but I will shine a slight light on the Lucha Underground wrestlers, at least. Mm. It appears, you may not be the biggest fan of this, but it appears that there is, like, they can at least wrestle for Impact and still honor their Lucha Underground contracts. Ty gave an interview where she said, that if a season four does come back, mm. like she hasn't broken any contracts yet. Huh. Okay. Well, Somehow with, because, tr- mm-hmm. because it, uh, impact has a relationship with triple a and triple mm-hmm. a has the relationship with Lucha underground. I think that's how it works. Okay. Well, Hey, you know what? The fact that that's even like a thing that they're still worrying about is like, I think a good sign that like, maybe it could come back. Yeah. yeah, Lucha Underground has been my favorite wrestling show the last couple of years. It's fucking amazing. I do hope really, it continues. Really, I hadn't noticed. Um, but I was thinking, like in in the interim, for because uh, if it does come back, it's still going to be a while. Uh, let's, if you're down for it, I think we should start talking about Ring of Honor on a more regular basis. Oh, totally. So you uh, know that that's my that's <laughs> Ring of Honor to me is Lucha Underground to you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I've been fucking wanting to get into it for a while, and it's like, all right, well, Lucha Underground's not gonna be around. I, I guess I need something else to watch. So, let's, yeah, I guess I'll start getting into we Ring tried, of Honor. We tried including Ring of Honor before, but doing all of those shows at once is kind of crazy. So, yeah, since we won't have Lucha Underground, having the opening for Ring of Honor really works. All right. So Ring of Honor's gonna come on board, but uh, for now, let's uh, let's go on to. Lucha Underground Ultima Lucha Tres Part Tres. So we started off with the Luchadora match, and it was last Luchadora standing with Sexy Star going up against Taya. And <clears throat> my opinions on Sexy Star aside, due to recent events, a uh, great match. Yeah, um, both of them did a really great job mm-hmm. um, putting together a really hardcore match. And I love that they they brought in the blood so early with Taya, so that she could sell the mm-hmm. whole Crimson Mask. Oh sure. yeah. It's it's like it's always so much better with the blondes, you know. And it's uh, of course, sexy star is going to come out of it because uh, she is the face. So, but mm-hmm. good match nonetheless. Uh, my next the Mac match was my favorite just because of the surprising chemistry between the Mac 
Killshot, and Dante Fox uh, winning the trios championship. Yeah, over the uh, the Reptile Tribe, and uh, yeah, you you said it perfectly. Like I, it came out of nowhere. They just kind of stepped out, and I was like, "Holy shit, these guys have some great chemistry." And I just loved, I love that they didn't bash it into your head about Dante Fox and Killshot. Right. It was like they did just enough of like the kind of back and forth at each other, but like almost more of like a competing of one upsman sort of ship. Mm-hmm. But played into. Yeah, and it's logical, right? If you have a chance at a championship, are you really going to let a rivalry get in the way? Right, and uh, it's like they did, but like only to an extent. Yeah. And, but like an extent that like if channeled properly makes them both better. And yeah. I think that's it, it's weird. Mac is this perfect guy to throw in there because like from a body type perspective, he mixes it up because he's like a bigger guy versus them being so lean. But then yeah. he's also kind of like more like the happy-go-lucky, you know, every man. Like, mm-hmm. as opposed to them both being, like, these silent badass types. So that mm-hmm. he can kind of bring them together and be like, guys, like, come on, let, let's pull this shit together and win the titles. It's it's the Trios version of Al Snow and uh, oh, Steve Blackman. Yeah, exactly. And they did, they like, the Steve head Blackmans. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> two head cheeses. You, just, you have two Steve Blackmans that hate each other. <laughs> Plus Al Snow. Oh. <laughs> uh, great uh and then our main event was pentagon dark versus son of havoc an amazing ladder match between these two um these guys this was like one of the first times i saw i was like this is like the the current day version of Shawn michaels and razor ramon ladder match from wrestlemania 10 that's a good way to fucking i didn't even think of that but that's a really good fucking way to think of it just because of like like they they sat there and went what what can we do with a ladder? Let's do like the most creative <laughs> ways. And like they did everything with it. Yeah. And then even too, I'm trying to remember exactly what was the finish. Um, was it like if Havoc was trying to hit a move on Pentagon off the ladder, but Pentagon countered it and threw him off and he went through a table and mm-hmm. then he goes to the top of the ladder and grabs the title for the win. Yep. Really fucking yep. solid match. And, uh, and- leading into, I think, my consp- I think my conspiracy might be coming true because we saw it, a little promo afterwards where a Vampiro was uh, praying to some sort of mysterious master mm-hmm. of his own after I feel like he was hinting towards like that he's sacrificing Puma. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, uh, his master might be Pentagon Dark. And th- th- that somehow Pentagon student Dark like, has become the master. Exactly. He's flipped the tables on him and the student has become the master. And that maybe they're gonna like maybe he's gonna cash in the uh, gift of the gods or something and uh, destroy Puma. That would be really interesting. Motherfuckers upstairs. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that all, but there's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they're really excited about Puma and uh, <laughs> Pentagon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who who's not excited for the finale of Lucha Underground season three and Hopefully not the series finale, but... We will not call it the series. It's not the series finale. I won't call it the series finale yet. Yeah. But man, I'm so excited. Next week. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. Alright. That's going to do it for us this week. Um, 
Check out our social media, Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter, at Smart Brothers. Shoot us an email, supersmartbrothers at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast (laughs) on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Yep, peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening. And you know what, WWE, one last time, good job doing a really good heel turn with Sami Zayn. Great job. Yeah. And you know what? And also, just in general, fucking kudos to the Usos and New Day feud. That was really yes. fucking well done. Yeah. Good See, job. we don't just shit on you. We, we, we give you your props. We are the Super Smart Brothers. Ah. Like, we do like shit. <laughs> so, good job. Peace.